0: My friends, today we encounter the figure of John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord. And a couple of points about our gospel reading. The first is, you know, Luke, uh, so St. Luke is a doctor, right? As he's writing, he, he is a physician. And now when he's writing his gospel, he's doing it in a very intelligent and dedicated way. He's studied, he tells in his introduction, his friend Theophilus, that he's studied all the different writings about Jesus and uh, interviewed a number of witnesses and everything. Um, And so Luke is trying to be very precise here. In the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and then you have Herod and his brother Philip, and you have Lysanias, um, that Luke is trying to give a very specific, this happened in a real time. Like, this happened in a very real time. Now, it's very difficult to tell exactly when this real time is, because Tiberius was coadjutor. He was like assistant with the powers of the emperor for a couple of years before his uncle Caesar Augustus died. Uh, and so we're not 100% sure it's somewhere between the year 26 and 28 AD. But um, here's something that I think is a deeper meaning than just all the names and the historical pinpointing of where this happened. This is a really bad time, right? We don't get this because these people, what are, we don't know who are they, right? But this is a really bad time. Um, there's nothing good about this. Tiberius Caesar, by this point in his reign, would have been a very gloomy, dark, angry, vicious man. He started out kind of a good politician and really efficient, uh, but then toward the end of his, at this point, 15 years into his reign, um, he's described by Pliny the uh, historian uh, as this very dark, gloomy, angry Uh, vicious man that he's become. Pontius Pilate uh, has the reputation for being very brutal, a very brutal governor, um, and his encounter with our Lord uh, three, four years after this event um, kind of bears witness to that in a certain way. Uh, Herod and his brother Philip are also very bad. Okay? Things are bad, right? This is a bad historical setting. Okay? I I couldn't even... I mean, without getting into too many issues, I probably couldn't give a good example of how we could just say, look, all these bad people are in power. Um, and let's just name them just so we all get, you know, the inside comment about all these bad people being in power. And in the midst of that, even when we have um, Annas and Caiaphas, were the, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, why was that? There's only supposed to be one high priest. But because the Romans imposed their high priest, um, that you had Annas and you had Caiaphas, and they were kind of splitting the high priesthood, which was a total violation of Jewish law, right? So if we're reading it with an understanding of what the context would have been as Luke was writing it, what you get right away is this is a very bad time, okay? Things are pretty bad. And then in the midst of all that, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. Who's Zechariah? Who cares, right? He's the, obviously he's a priest, but he's one of thousands of priests. He's no one important. And the word of God comes to John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. In the midst of turbulent political situations, in the midst of unjust rulers, in the midst of total depravity with regard to religious leadership, the word of God comes to someone like John the Baptist, out in the desert, not part of the city, not part of the hierarchy, not part of the, um, that whole court scene uh, in the palaces. No, John off in the desert is where the word of God comes. Maybe in our lives. I mean, we definitely know in our church there's uh, real difficulty uh, and real needs uh, of the hierarchy to to do some purification. And we, as Catholics, and we could have been, obviously, throughout the last six months, just very disturbed by all this, and rightly so. Um, And then just, you know, government leaders across the entire world looking at what's happening in the midst of the world and saying, yeah, there's some, some bad stuff going on. Okay. Well, in the desert... The word, of the, God, the word of the Lord comes to John. Away from all of that. If we get so wrapped up in the 24-hour news cycle, if we get wrapped up in always just reading the bad news again, again, and again, you know, if we just get wrapped up in that, this Advent, we need to take some time in the desert. Away from all of that. We need to just take some time to be quiet. The desert, the deserted place, alone with God, This is where the word of the Lord comes to John. In the desert. Just taking quiet time with God. Turning off the TV, turning off the news. Just kind of, I don't want to say ignoring the current problems in the world, but not letting them be the forefront of our mind. Rather, let's just talk to our Lord Jesus. But in the desert, in the quiet. Letting things calm down. You know, I hate taking my phone with me into the church. Um, I have all the readings, though, on it. So sometimes I'll take my phone and I'll like, do the readings. But you know what happens? Start doing a reading. And then, oh, my email is right. Let me just see what that email. Someone texted. I had a friend yesterday. They just had a baby yesterday. And so he's texting me pictures from the hospital as I'm in here trying to pray. That, I got really distracted. Okay. Um, but the reality is we can get, we live in a distracting world. And technology is of a sort that we have to be reachable 24-7. We need to reclaim this Advent, the desert, the ability to just unplug, even if only for 10 minutes, to just have that quiet time, that quiet space. I made the invitation a number of months ago to just come and spend five minutes in church every day. Let this be the desert spot. Just spending some quiet time alone with our Lord. Unplugging and just being us and God. The Word of God comes in the desert. We need those spaces in our lives. We need that time of silence. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of problems in the world. It's been like that for probably the entire history of humanity. Okay? But the word of God in the midst of all this comes to John in the desert. Just a concluding point. Then John, receiving the word of God in the desert, has the mission of going to others, preparing the way of the Lord. That's our vocation as followers of Jesus Christ now, to be like John the Baptist. We encounter God here in the desert. We take that time of quiet and prayer every day to encounter our Lord and God, but then we have to go out. There are people who are trapped in just the midst of the busyness and chaos of ordinary life. There are people who have just sunk into total despair about the state of the world and the church. When we encounter God in the desert, then we go out, like John. That's our role to go out and prepare the way of the Lord in their hearts, to go to anyone who will listen. John was like a crazy man. He would preach to anyone who would listen and even to those who wouldn't. Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. We need to go out. We need to go. Having encountered God, then we go. We prepare the way of the Lord in the hearts of our friends, for family members, of our co-workers. We encounter God, and then we go to prepare his way in the hearts of all those who we meet. This is what Advent is supposed to be for the Christian. This is a lesson that we constantly need to be reminded of. We prepare the way of the Lord after we encounter the Lord in the quiet of the desert. God longs to be with us. And so today we ask him to inspire our hearts to continue to seek that intimate union with him in personal prayer in the desert so that we could go out and faithfully prepare his way.